just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. This is the Rational Boomer Podcast. Here we go again. You know, every show I tell you that if you have questions, comments, or complaints, you're more than welcome to send them to me via email at rationalboomer at gmail.com. I want to hear what you have to say. I'd like to incorporate it into the show. I'll either read the email or address the email on the show if that's what you'd like. Now, I got one such email the other day from a gentleman by the name of Jay. He was wondering about what I knew about something he had heard. And he said he had heard that the oil industry suffered, didn't do well under the Trump administration. And I can answer that pretty simply. That is absolutely true. And I'll explain to you what happened. Now, at least 40 U.S. oil companies sought bankruptcy protection in 2020. Many others slashed spending and cut jobs by tens of thousands. This is certainly no sign of a healthy industry. Things weren't going well for the oil industry in spite of what Donald Trump might tell you. Now, it all started out when he had the sanctions against Iran and China and he was Mr. Tough Guy. This caused the prices to go up some. Now, he didn't like that because he thought it made him look bad. So he wanted to drop the prices of oil and gas so he could look good, so he could look like the smart, genius negotiator he thinks he is. He's not, but he thinks he is. So then Donald Trump rolled back all the regulations on oil, and this was at a time when production was surging, largely because The oil manufacturers in this country were making a lot of oil. But he also went to OPEC and pushed them to increase the manufacturing of oil. Well, now what happened at that point was COVID. Now, you're probably going to say, some of you, probably none of you, in case some rare Republican got in here, well, you can't blame COVID on Trump. I absolutely can blame COVID on Trump. Had he done what he was supposed to do in the beginning, we would have never gone through what we've gone through for the last 18 months. If he just had a plan and done something as opposed to call it a hoax and ignore it, we wouldn't be dealing with the problems we dealt with with COVID. So yes, that's on Donald Trump, whether you like it or not. So here's what we've got. We've got uh, oil production surging in the States. And via OPEC, we've got COVID in the mix, and people are driving less. So now we have a glut of oil, and not much of it being purchased, or not as much as what was normally purchased. So that obviously does some damage to the industry. That causes all kinds of problems. People are losing money. For his own benefit, to make him look better, he wanted to drop the oil prices, and he did it at the exact wrong time to do it. You see, low oil prices aren't necessarily a good thing for this country. We hate spending a lot of money on gas, and I get that. 
But unfortunately, still at this point, until the green energy comes through, the oil industry has a lot of bearing on how this country runs. And if they're producing a lot of oil, and there's a glut of oil, and the prices are very low, it affects dramatically the oil industry. Now, Donald Trump got what he wanted with cheap gas prices. Even today, you'll hear the Trump lookins uh, complaining, well, how do you like gas prices now? It was much lower under Donald Trump, like that was the big issue. Well, they were low, not because that's the way they were supposed to be, or that that was the best thing for this country. It was because of what Donald Trump did. And what he ultimately did is make the oil industry unstable, which ultimately makes this country unstable because of how much oil production means to this country, both in providing it to uh, the people. And while they're getting low prices, the fact of the matter is, if they are physically unstable or financially unstable, and we know at least 40 U.S. oil companies uh, sought bankruptcy for protection, that's a problem. That's a problem for our economy. So, Jay, when you ask whether or not Donald Trump had a negative effect on the oil industry, he absolutely did. And I've just outlined why that is the case. There's a very thin balance in this country and when it comes to the economy. Whether we like oil being a major factor in our economy, whether we think we should have green energy or not, the fact is it is an important factor in our financial condition in this country. Donald Trump made that uh, industry unstable for a period of time. I suspect it's coming back and getting better. But during the Trump administration, the oil industry had all kinds of problems. And Donald Trump did nothing to help them through that. Now, if we're talking about the economy, something interesting happened today. The stock market, the Dow Jones, dropped something like 800 points. That is a significant drop. That is a problem for your 401ks. That is a problem for the economy in this country. But why did that happen? It's not because of Joe Biden. It's not even because of Donald Trump. It's about something that isn't even in this country. And that's what you need to understand. The most important thing to understand about the stock market, it's all speculative. It doesn't necessarily deal with true activities always. They will see something happen and they will speculate that that's going to be bad and then the stock market reacts accordingly, whether or not something bad happened or not. They're predicting that something bad is going to happen, so then the stock market tanks like it did today. So why is it tanking? Well, it has nothing to do with anything going on in the United States yet. There is a company in China named Evergrande, the Evergrande Group, actually, and it's one of China's biggest real estate developers. Now, they expanded very quickly, and we don't know how they did that. Could it have been illegal? Yeah, I suppose it could have been illegal. (laughs) Who knows what's going on in China? But this company borrowed $300 billion. That's what they owe. And every month they have to pay interest payments. They owe more three more than $300 billion to a number of lenders. Now, here's what's interesting. 
the company's uh, the company's shares in their stock market fell by ten percent. That's significant. And this is largely due to the fact that they're having troubles paying their interest payments. That's a flag to the lenders. And if the lenders see this, they start getting nervous. Because if you get an organization in China that owes $300 billion and they default, that's akin to what we had here in this country around 2007, 2008 with Lehman. Remember when that shut down and what that did to this economy? Yeah, well, it's something similar in China. Now, there's some question whether the Chinese government will bail them out. But, of course, the Chinese government is much different than what we have in America. There's no sense that they are going to bail them out. So if this big company, the Evergrande Group, takes a dump, this affects their real estate industry in a huge way in China. Now, the reason why America and Wall Street is concerned about this, because they're the second largest economy in the world. We're the first. We know how our economic problems impacted other countries all around the world significantly. And if something like this should happen in China and this company takes a dump, leaving $300 billion out there, shockwaves could extend into this country. In fact, there are probably many companies that are dealing directly with this Evergrande group in China. So as it happens, the shockwaves will come over to America and could have a significant impact here too. Now, that is why Wall Street is concerned, and that's why you saw the Dow drop by 800 points. I don't know where it ended up. It might have been 600 points, but at one point, it was over 800 points. That is a scary drop. For anybody with 401ks or any kind of investments in the stock market, that's a beating in one day. So now the U.S. stock market is concerned about what's going on with Evergrande in China. We don't know if uh, China, the country, is going to bail out this company like we did with uh, the people here in this country to help keep things as stable as possible. So now if China doesn't help Evergrande and they just go to shit, they've lost 10% already. That's enough to make people nervous. They owe a lot. They're not making their interest payments. So they're concerned. But if this takes a shit, it's going to cause a huge problem in China. And you're probably thinking to yourself, cool, tough luck for China. Yeah, I guess I don't care if China's economy tanks. But if it does send shockwaves over here, if it does impact this country, that adds yet another problem to mountains of problems we already have in this country. So we need to watch this closely. We need to keep an eye on it because uh, this could be a big problem. And it is a big problem if the stock market continues to drop for those of us that have 401ks or any other kinds of investment. It will impact that and it will impact it significantly. So just in that realm, China has these problems. Our stock market reacts. Now we're losing money. You see how it ripples over? And it could get worse than that. That's what's going on. That's why the 
stock market tank today, and I think it's important you understand that. Because there's too many people out there, the Republicans or whoever, will say, well, it's just tanking because Joe Biden's president. Now, it has nothing to do with Joe Biden being president. In fact, Joe Biden might be able to do something to help this situation, hopefully. But I don't know for sure about that. we got to keep a close eye on China and what happens with this company. Hopefully, China will bail them out because it's going to hurt us, but it's going to destroy the real estate market in uh, in China. And you remember what happened to real estate here. Your $250,000 house all of a sudden became worth $125,000. And we know what kind of troubles that can cause. We've got people being foreclosed on and uh, the economy is affected when the housing market takes a shit. So this is a lot going on in China, and it could impact us. So we got to be aware of it, watch it, and hope for the best on this. I don't know that there's anything we can do to rectify the situation. In fact, I know there isn't. We can't do anything. That's China's problem. That's Evergrande's problem. We're just over here in the United States waiting to see if a tsunami hits us if they end up dying on the vine. So we'll see what happens. There's a couple of other things I wanted to bring up before we take a break. A couple of short things, but important things. We know about the Select House Committee to investigate the January 6th insurrection. We know they've spoken to the police department at the uh, Capitol, and uh, they've done some other questioning behind closed doors. We know they've found a number of things uh, regarding the insurrection, and they're exposing a lot to what happened. Most of it is stuff we assumed. Now we're just getting the proof of it. But... The leader of the House Select Committee announced today that um, they should be having and issuing more indictments within a week or so. Now, these indictments could be anybody. It could be Jim Jordan. It could be Marjorie Taylor or Marjorie Taylor Greene. It could be Donald Trump Jr. It could be anybody. So it's going to be very interesting to see who gets subpoenaed. And then when they get subpoenaed, it'll be interesting to see how they react to it. Will they show up? Now, if they don't show up, it's a much different situation than when Donald Trump was president. There will be some punishment for not showing up to a subpoena to Congress. You can't do that. And then when you get here into Congress and you're testifying, you can't lie to Congress. Lying to Congress is a felony. You can go to jail for it. It'll even be interesting to see if they actually indict Donald Trump. I'm not sure that they would do that, but uh, it's a possibility. He's certainly a factor in this whole insurrection thing. He's the one that was talking on the phone with Jim Jordan multiple times on that day, and maybe a number of other people as well. He's the one that told them to go to the Capitol and fight like hell. If you're going to do a serious investigation on the insurrection, you need to address people like Mo Brooks, who spoke that day, Donald Trump Jr., who spoke that day, and the man himself, Donald Trump. So I'm hoping when these indictments come out, Donald Trump is one of the people on the list, at the very least Donald Trump Jr., because that will drive Donald Trump fucking nuts. Donald Trump sitting in a hearing, under oath, talking. 
I've mentioned this before. I'd pay big money to see that because this idiot can't help himself but lie. And if he lies, they got him. Remember, that's why Bill Clinton got impeached. It wasn't about having sex with Monica Lewinsky. It was about him lying about it. Now, Donald Trump can't help himself but lie. So if we can get him subpoenaed and put in the chair under oath, it will be very entertaining to watch. It will be quite entertaining to watch. <clears throat> now, in addition to that court case, we, we have heard about the court case involving uh, Ellen Weisselberg the CFO of the Trump Organization. Now, this happened a while ago, and there's so many other things happening. Sometimes people forget, but you'll remember possibly that um, the Manhattan District indicted the entire Trump Organization, which lands solidly on the shoulders of CFO Alan Weisselberg. Now, the bad news in that situation with Weisselberg, they've announced the trial will start but not until next August, a year from now. No such thing as swift justice in this case. I don't know why it's going to take that long, and I'm kind of annoyed by the fact that it's going to take this long. Maybe it's because they're trying to get more information out of Weisselberg, and it will take time to do that. I don't know, but I'm getting tired of waiting just like you are. But what the prosecutor said today was also interesting. They also said that in spite of the fact that Alan Weisselberg won't be going on trial for a year or so, that there should be more indictments coming soon. Now, that's going to be interesting, too, because who are they going to indict? Well, there's only so many people they can indict. Those are the people that are part of the Trump organization. That would be Don Jr., Eric, Ivanka, Donald Trump himself. They already... Uh, indicted the COO, and apparently he's giving up a lot of information. The chief operating officer, this is the guy that was the bodyguard and then made him the chief operating officer, which is a joke because Donald Trump was, in fact, the chief operating officer. This is just a title that they bestowed on him for whatever reason. So if they are going to be sending out more indictments from the Manhattan District regarding the Trump Organization indictment, there's only so many people they can indict. And the Trump family is going to figure strongly in those indictments, not to mention Jared Kushner. He's potentially indictable in this situation, too. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this stuff shakes out. And again, I've talked about this before. Everybody's anxious. Everybody's wondering when this is going to happen. It's going to happen. It takes some time. And people say, it's taken too long. Well, then you don't understand how these court cases work. It does take a while. But you're seeing step by step that little things are happening. First, the taxes were released to the Manhattan District. Then they indicted Weisselberg. Now they're talking about more indictments. This whole process takes forever. Hell, Weisselberg isn't going to stand trial till next August, but it will get done. Now, when they start bringing the kids into court with indictments or those sorts of things, Donald Trump will expect them to be loyal. But they know Donald Trump is fucking crazy and only cares about himself. So expect these Trump kids probably to throw him under the bus 
I mean, they're young people. Do they want to do 20 years in jail? I don't think so. And the only option out of that would be to flip on Donald Trump. Now, they want to be loyal to Donald Trump. They might even be afraid of Donald Trump. But still, you're Ivanka Trump. You've got kids. You're married. You've got a future. You're not that old. Are you really going to do jail time to uh, be loyal to your dad? Ivanka Trump, Trump doesn't strike me as a woman that would do that. Don Jr. is just a scared little fucking puppy dog, and he'll do anything to get out of anything, just like his father, Donald Trump. So these two things are going to be interesting. We're going to see some indictments. We're going to see some subpoenas. And finally, we're going to see some of these people coming to the forefront and having to answer questions under oath or have to deal with indictments. And then the shit will start to move and the shit will start to happen in these things. So again, I implore upon you to just be patient. There are steps being achieved in this process. Yes, it's long, but every day we get a little bit closer with some more things being done. You have to look at it that way. Don't get discouraged and say nothing's ever going to happen because that's not true. There's too many crimes. They're too blatant and they can't just let them go. They can't. It would embarrass them. It would embarrass the courts. It would embarrass the country to allow that to happen. There's nothing under wraps here. Everything's out front. More will be out front. And when it's out front, they have no choice. They have to act on them. Send out the indictments. Have court cases. Have convictions. They have to. What would be the point of exposing all this if they didn't do that? There is a process. It takes time. Just be patient. We'll be back right after this. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. For four years, we watched Donald Trump basically bend over and grab his ankles for Vladimir Putin and Russia. We don't know why he did that. Well, maybe we do. We know that the Russians meddled in the 2016 presidential election to benefit Donald Trump. We know that they meddled in the 2020 election to benefit Donald Trump. You might remember that shortly after he was inaugurated, Donald Trump invited known Russian spies into the Oval Office and darned if he didn't let some top-secret information slip. That was troubling. That was suspicious. And then for four years, he deferred to Vladimir Putin, kissed his ass every stretch of the way. In fact, at one point, he chose to believe Vladimir Putin over our own intelligence agencies. You can't tell me Donald Trump isn't in cahoots with the Russian government. But maybe it's not just Donald Trump. Now, we know Donald Trump probably has some financial interest over there, probably owes them a lot of money, probably is compromised. But apparently it's spread into the Republican Party. Because there's another story I want to tell you about. A former aide 
to Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul was indicted this month for allegedly funneling $25,000 from a very wealthy, unnamed Russian to the former President Trump's re-election effort. This person got money for Trump's re-election campaign from a wealthy Russian, and he's indicted for that. Why? Because that shit's illegal. That's why. Donald Trump knew this. The guy who did it knew this. Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul knew this. But if that weren't enough, if that weren't enough, the guy that did this, that was indicted, is a gentleman by the name of Jesse Benton. Now, here's the interesting thing. Jesse Benton is the husband of Rand Paul's niece. So you know Rand Paul knew all about this. You knew Mitch McConnell knew all about this. So as much as Donald Trump is guilty of dealing with and taking bribes from the Russians, the whole Republican Party must know. I mean, Mitch McConnell is the leader of the Republican Party. And he knew this guy. He knew what he was capable of. Rand Paul was this loudmouth idiot that got beat up by his neighbor that I would pay again to beat up Rand Paul again. But they all knew. They understood it. And that's the troubling thing here. It's one thing for Donald Trump to be co-opted or corrupted by the Russians. I mean, that's the last thing you would expect in this country. They are our arch nemesis. They are adversaries to this country. And for Donald Trump to be in cahoots with with the Russians is absolutely appalling, totally against what we stand for in this country. But apparently it doesn't stop there. Apparently all Republicans have some connection to this. And even if they aren't connected to it, they clearly support it. They're the ones, 78%, that say that Donald Trump actually won the election and Biden took it illegally. So if 78% of the Republicans believe that, you got to believe that most of the Republicans are willing to do virtually anything to win a race, to help Donald Trump win the election. And if they know that and they do that, they've got to be somewhere in the mix with this Russian connection. The Russians once said the next war they will attack us not with weapons, but from internally. And they are true to their words, because that's exactly what they've done. They've attacked this country internally, but not to the level we ever expected. No, they've compromised the President of the United States. And by way of doing that, they've compromised the entire Republican Party. We've got two main parties in this country. We need two strong parties to have a true democracy. But now we have a Republican Party that is laughable at best, believes in conspiracy theories, believes in violence and in insurrection. They want to poo-poo it. We've got 675,000 people who have died of COVID, and they want to deny it. Something you may not realize, 1918. The first pandemic, the worst pandemic we ever had, had 670,000 people die. Well, two years later, 
we have now surpassed that. It's as if in 102 years we have learned nothing about dealing with a pandemic. Well, the people who are supposed to deal with the pandemic understand what needs to be done. Unfortunately, we've got 40% of the country or more that refuses to do the things necessary to shut down this pandemic. So you've got a Republican Party who is in cahoots with the Russians, is doing everything to damage democracy, and at the same time is killing their own people. What's that tell you about the Republican Party? They're not a serious party anymore. They're a danger to this country. And as long as we only have one serious party, do we truly have democracy? Well, it's hard to do that. It's hard to accomplish democracy. We can only hope that at some point the Republicans get some realization, epiphany, and decide to go back to the way they were. Now, there's a few Republicans that are normal, or at least normal Republicans, but they're few and far between. The majority hold these conspiracy theories, the violence, the insurrection, the big lie, that COVID is a hoax, that the vaccine is bad. The majority of the Republicans believe all this. So we don't have two strong, serious parties. And that in itself is troubling. It's very troubling. Now, while this is going on, Donald Trump, still the head of the Republican Party, and God knows why, he's no longer president. He lost by 7 million votes, but somehow these Republicans still stand by what this dipshit said and continues to do. But here's the problem. Donald Trump may have just shot himself in the foot because he thinks he's the most powerful man in the country, if not the world. And he is not. He never was. Anything that happened on the Republican sides of things was probably more attributed to Mitch McConnell than it was Donald Trump, because Donald Trump didn't have a fucking clue what he was doing. But now Donald Trump is trying to get rid of Mitch McConnell, throw him out. He's talking to Republican senators to try to side with him and somehow oust Mitch McConnell. Now, Mitch McConnell's evil. He is against this country by the way he acts, but he is smart. And if you think Mitch McConnell is going to allow Donald Trump to do this, you're fooling yourself. It's not going to happen. Mitch McConnell has far too much control over the Republican Party. And double Donald Trump's uh, support is starting to wane, as was illustrated in this uh, September 18th get-together at the uh, U.S. Capitol. They were going to protest against the persecution of the insurrectionists. Yeah, the persecution of the insurrectionists. Unfortunately, less than 400 people showed up. There are a number of reasons why that happened, but the fact of the matter is Donald Trump couldn't attract flies at this point. People are getting second thoughts about some of the things Donald Trump says. He keeps talking, but none of it ever comes true. He keeps talking, but it never happens. So he's losing credibility. He has no credibility at all with a lot of people. Now, there's still the base, the 25 or 30 percent, maybe 35 percent, that will believe him no matter what. And they'll keep sending him money no matter what. But that's not enough to accomplish anything. And that's not enough to scare Mitch McConnell. 
So now we've got Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell, head of the Republicans, at odds. Who do you think is going to win that? Not Donald Trump. It's going to be Mitch McConnell. I won't say I'm rooting for Mitch McConnell, but if he can shut down and shut up Donald Trump, he's got my uh, respect for a minute. Let's be honest. Mitch McConnell is an evil motherfucker. He's uh, He's an obstructionist, and he's not good for this country. He needs to be gone. But, uh, and hopefully he will be come 2022. He may still be the minority leader of the Senate, but I honestly believe the Democrats will come out ahead in 2022. There's almost no way the Republicans can win. There's just too much coming out. All these things I talked about earlier, the exposing of the insurrectionists and the tie to the Republicans, the Russian situation and the tie to the Republicans, all this shit, that can't bode well for the Republicans come 2022. And if the Democrats do that right, do this right, they will expose that all between now and 2022, and people will be hard-pressed to vote for Republicans. Now, when that happens and we get a bigger majority in the Senate and the House, well, that will pretty much nullify Mitch McConnell and Joe Manchin, for that fucking sake. That's the one reason we need to add more seats in the Senate, just to take away any and all power from this dipshit Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema. So, it will be interesting to see what Donald Trump tries to pull. He's in the ears of Republican senators now trying to overthrow Mitch McConnell. Now, of course, Mitch McConnell knows about this, and as I've said, he's, he's evil, but he's not stupid. And he's not going to allow a former president to do this to him. Donald Trump doesn't have the power or the intelligence to do something like this. So this is going to be an interesting, an interesting situation. Now, there is a new book out. We know about this book. It's called Peril. It's by Bob Woodward of uh, Watergate fame, well-respected journalist, and Robert Costas, who's also a well-respected journalist at the Washington Post. And uh, this book has revealed a lot of things that we may have suspected but didn't know actually. Well, now we're finding out what actually happened. Now, on January 5th, the day before the insurrection, the day before the Electoral College would be certifying their votes, Donald Trump called Mike Pence, vice president, into his Oval Office. Now, during the time that Mike Pence was in the office, Donald Trump was working very hard to get him to bend and not certify the election on January 6th. Well, Mike Pence's job on that day was little more than ceremonial. He opened the envelope, uh, he counted it, and he said who won, which was Joe Biden. He knew that, but he kind of felt the pressure from Donald Trump. So he told Donald Trump, he said, look, I'm trying to find a way to help you out. I'm trying to find a way to do your bidding, but I can't do it. Donald Trump looked at him and says, you can do it. And then he said, wouldn't it be cool if you were the first one to do it? That's our president talking about undermining democracy and flipping a legal election. That's our president, Donald Trump, at the time. Fortunately, he's no longer the president. 
And then he said to Mike Pence, he said, if you can't do this for me, you're not going to be my friend. I can't be your friend anymore. Now, that sounds like a childish comment, but it also kind of sounds like a veiled mob threat. If you don't do this, you watch out. And we know this was a threat because it played out that way. When Donald Trump found out that Mike Pence didn't do what he wanted him to do, what did he do? He stood up in his speech prior to the insurrection. He told people to go to the U.S. Capitol and fight like hell or we would lose our country. And then he brought up that Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what he should have done. So go down there and fight like hell. He incited the insurrection. But we know his threat was there, and we know the insurrectionists understood the threat, because the moment they crashed through the door and through the windows and attacked the Capitol, what did they say? We want to kill Nancy Pelosi and Mike Pence. And they were very specific on how they wanted to kill him. They wanted to hang him. They brought a gallows with them and a noose. How much more serious can you fucking get? Donald Trump was playing mob boss. And all these insurrectionists were playing like his little underlings, his own little mob family. And they were going to do whatever it took to keep Donald Trump as president. And if that meant overthrowing the government, undermining democracy, stopping the certification, killing the vice president and the Speaker of the House, well, God damn it, that's what they were going to do. And Donald Trump is the source of why these people wanted to do it and had the courage to do it. They honestly believe that Donald Trump would save them, would uh, pardon them. But when it came down to it, he did none of those things. He pardoned nobody that was part of the insurrection. He didn't do anything to help them. And now, surprise, surprise, these people are getting indicted, they're getting convicted, and they're going to jail. And the bad ones haven't even come up yet. We're going to see long jail terms for them, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, <clears throat> depending on what they did. And Donald Trump did nothing to help him. And that might be part and parcel as to why, on September 18th, less than 400 people showed up to pay tribute and protest against their persecuted buddies. This is a uh, frightening situation. Our country was on the brink, literally on the brink of destruction our government system on the brink of destruction at the hands of the President of the United States. And by proxy, through his underlings, his followers, his cult members, doing the bidding for him. We thought Mike Pence was just doing the right thing and he just kind of disregarded Donald Trump. No, in fact, that wasn't the case. He was trying to figure out a way to get it done. He even called Dan Quayle, the former VP under George W. Bush, who was in the same situation after one term with George H.W. Bush. And, of course, Dan Quayle told him, you can't do anything. You don't have any power to do this. Just certify it and be done with it. But he was all scared about what Donald Trump might do. 
Now, you have to understand what Donald Trump did here is what he's done all of his life. He was a bully. He wasn't very smart. He wasn't very creative. He wasn't very productive. The only way he could get his way is to be a bully, to threaten, to force, to lie, to cheat, to steal. And he assumed, since it worked all his life for him, that once he became president, he could do the same thing. But what he didn't understand is there's laws and limitations. He's not special. He can't supersede those laws and limitations. And nobody could be forced to do it for him because they just can't. So when they didn't give in to him like he is used to all of his life, then he got crazy, then he got mad, then he got upset. Now, you have to understand when somebody of his ilk, a narcissist, sociopath, and a pathological liar, when they get cornered, they just start flailing. They throw anything against the wall, hoping like heck that they can make their strategy of being a bully work for them. They'll even try crazy shit just to confuse the issue. And that brings us to Mark Milley. Now, after all this went on, General Mark Milley and a number of other people could see that Donald Trump was acting even more unstable than he ever did. And that he's certainly capable, since he had no other route to save his presidency, other than maybe start a war, send a nuclear blast off, cause confusion and chaos so he could stay as president. Well, Mark Milley saw this, and uh, he was troubled by it. He told everybody on his staff that if you hear of anything, any kind of attack or nuclear strike, you must come to me first. General Milley was supposing that he could do something to stop this or talk Donald Trump out of it. He might not have been able to, but that was all we had left. That was the only barrier to Donald Trump doing something fucking crazy. Then the Chinese get all upset and concerned because we know Donald Trump has been yelling about China. They're getting nervous about a strike. And who knows, they could throw a strike over here first to subvert whatever Trump planned to do to them. And then we've got all kinds of a mess, a nuclear war between China and the United States, by way of Donald Trump. That's how scary this all got. He was trying to overthrow the government. There was a risk that he would start a nuclear war in order to save his presidency, because nothing matters but Donald Trump. He will sacrifice anybody and everybody to get his way. General Mark Milley knew this, and so he tried to calm the Chinese down, tried to calm the administration side down so that we wouldn't have to deal with something like this. And fortunately, General Mark Milley was successful. It didn't happen. So under Donald Trump, we were in some dire straits for this country, the future of this country, whether it be our system of government or a massive nuclear war. Thankfully, saner minds prevailed, and we were able to get out of it and still be relatively safe. There's still all the other crimes and problems we've got to address, but we must thank General Mark Milley for saving this country for the troubles that could have happened with a nuclear war. And we've got to kind of thank Mike Pence, even though he's a, he's a wimpy bitch. 
He ultimately did the right thing. He didn't want to do the right thing, but he knew he had no choice. That saved us on the system of government realm. And then, of course, Mark Milley with the possibility of a war. We need to understand just how bad it was, because it was as bad as it's ever been, and then some. We are lucky to get out of this the way we did. It is a mess right now, and there are things that have to be cleaned up. But this all could have been far worse, and we should be thankful that it's not. All right, I'm going to wrap things up here. Again, send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com if you have a question, comment, or complaint, or whatever you got. I don't care. I'm always interested in hearing from you. We'll talk to you again real soon, so we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.